This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast presented by College Bar and Grill, online at ilovecollege.co. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is also brought to you by OxyPow, M-Drive, and Behind the Mask Hockey. Now here are your hosts, Scott Strandy, and I'm Tom Callahan. Hello, everyone, and welcome in once again to another edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Tom Callahan here, and uh, it's actually kind of an interesting setup this week. Uh, Scott Strandy, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, is here with us, and uh, Scott and I are going to get into talking about things as far as coming into the tournament for the ASU Sun Devils, but... Uh, a special uh, guest, I guess. Instead of doing long distance devils this week, all three of us for the first time are recording together. Paul Hornstein joining us as well on the line. So, um, first of all, Paul, welcome in uh, from uh, New York City. How are things out on the East Coast? Um, it's a lot colder than I want it to be. Is that is that fair enough? That's fair. That's <laughs> I am familiar with that. I know how that works. <laughs> So, and then we've got uh, we've got Scott uh, Strandy, who uh, got caught up in a little bit of the Phoenix area rush hour traffic. But hey, you live in a big city; that's the price you're going to pay. Uh, Phoenix is a a crazy place to drive if you've never tried to drive there. But I'll tell you what: speaking of driving, how about those Sun Devils driving ahead right into the tournament? As an independent now, they got to sit tight for a little bit. So, Scott, let's start there because their season is over. They don't have a conference tournament to play in, uh, and they're done for two or three weeks here. You know, uh, Tom, we anticipated this uh, potential coming down the stretch as we knew that they were uh, they were going to be on the border. Now I think they're safely in the tournament. It's a matter of where and when, right? Um, if you look at the uh, Sun Devil Twitter feed, they're having fun with it. They're, they're telling everybody they're killing time, so they're definitely on the kill for another 10 days to find out where they're at. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a different different take of it. Coach Powers is making the most of it, as you expect he would. He's telling everybody that, you know, they'll, they'll find things to do. I, I did find out today that uh, they are, in fact, going to have a scrimmage. Don't know the details yet. Still waiting for the final word on it. I do know where and when. It's March 20th at 6 p.m. at the Ice Den in Scottsdale. So don't know if it's inner squad, if they're going to compete against somebody else. Really don't have those answers yet, but as soon as we do, we'll get them out there. Also, Scott, I imagine we're waiting to see if it's going to be open to the public. It is definitely open to the public. Oh, I know okay. that for a fact. So yeah, I, can go, I can go ahead and say that. Okay, so at least they've got a little something planned here. So they, they try to keep in game shape, I guess. But, I mean, not an easy thing to do and and paul i'll kind of you know throw that at you coming out of this season here now with um you know a good three weeks off and a disappointing finish certainly at minnesota and boy has there been a lot of fallout uh out of the minnesota (laughs) series it's it's been kind of interesting what's your take on that um my take on that is that this team played well all year long they had a couple of bad games in a place where they think they invented the game and they had some injuries. They had some illness. Um, they won't use the travel as an excuse, and I understand that, and I get that. But it's very uh, curious, let's use that word, uh, how in the post-mortem of that two-game series, all the people were talking about, oh, this team is not any good, this team is this, this team is that. They failed to mention a couple of significant points. Um, the ice surface being one of them, it being an Olympic sheet, 
Uh, they didn't have a chance to practice. And if you want to say that that's not really an excuse, okay, I'll buy that. But it's funny how they never mentioned the nation's leading goal scorer not being in the lineup. Somehow they conveniently forgot that. And if somebody doesn't think that that makes a difference in how you play, then you're either wearing some funny colored glasses or you're just not paying attention and maybe you shouldn't comment on it. Well, and it's now this leads into a point I know Scott wanted to talk about, but so you're missing, as Paul says, you're missing the leading scorer in the nation. You're playing on Olympic size sheet. You didn't get your Thursday practice, but Scott, I mean, it just seems like at the end of the day, um, the respect factor or lack thereof is I think one of your big takeaways. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm a Minnesota native and, and like I said, I grew up on Minnesota hockey and they branded themselves the state of hockey. They, uh, the let's play hockey publication is the one that started the Richter award. So all of those things are going for them. There's a, four NCAA division one schools within the state boundaries. So, I mean, they've got a lot going for them. And to be honest with you guys, I I just felt a little embarrassed as a, as a Minnesota native to uh, see the reaction because, you know, I grew up watching hockey and playing hockey there and everything was, was always enjoyable, right? There was friendly competition there were friendly rivalries, but you know, I, I thought, and I was in Minnesota for that series. I thought ASU got treated kind of poorly the entire time. I mean, they got there late. They didn't adjust the uh, the uh, practice time for them, so they didn't get on the ice for uh, for that Thursday night skate because their they're plane was delayed. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't have adjusted for them, let them play or practice out there, but they didn't. Um, and then from the opening face-off Friday night, it was all about um, how they didn't deserve to be there, how they weren't as good as their record, how they were overrated. Uh, and they missed the whole point of the hockey team. Instead of talking about Johnny Walker and Joey Decord, it was all about Austin Lemieux and being Mario Lemieux's son. And, and if they'd followed the team all year long, they would have seen other points of it. So that was my disappointing part of it. I know Coach Powers wanted the team to perform better. So, you know, they would uh, shine a better light, as he said, on the quote unquote big stage. But, uh, you know, it is what it is right now. I'm just kind of disappointed that, that Minnesota continues to harp on on that because you know we visited with gary york whose team lost twice um down here in the desert and he was gracious as always in in loss and and complimented the program on just how good a job and how how far they've come well and i think you've got to put minnesota behind you to a certain extent um because really i mean you know it's over the games are over you're not going to get to replay them and there's every chance minnesota doesn't get to move on unless somehow they figure out a way to win uh the big 10 tournament but so that said i feel like this is a team that all season long has had to play with a bit of a chip on its shoulder and i think that when they do have a chip on their shoulder that's probably when they play their best hockey maybe I mean, if something like this was going to happen, Paul, I think this is the right time for it to happen. Well, I I can understand that sentiment, and I would agree with that. Um, The other thing on top of that is you've watched uh, the the games like I have. When they play desperate, they play so much better. That second and third period of the Saturday night game, they were the dominant team, and they almost came back to tie that game. They had a ton of chances in those two periods. And you can't tell me that based on the chances they had, 
If number seven was playing in that game, he might have buried one or two of those, especially in that second game. And the, the outcome of the game would have been different. Um, I think part of the reason also is because we have three weeks to talk about it. Um, there's no game coming up this weekend for us to talk about those games and stop talking about Minnesota. Um, the, the, the Gophers are in a fight for their life. And they lost a player due to injury, uh, unfortunately. Um, and ironically, the, their Arizona native. Um, and so, you know, they're kind of reacting to the last thing that they saw uh, that they really had any control over. And even though they, they won their, uh, their first playoff series, uh, they're still talking about it. So it's, it's kind of hard when you're in that focal point where they're still talking about it. Um, and they've played two games since. So it's become a bigger deal um, to them than you would think it would be. You'd think they'd be focused on playing at Notre Dame this weekend, but apparently they're still focused on what happened two weeks ago. Yeah, it does seem a little weird that they they would still be looking at that. And as I said, you can't play the games again. You've already played them. It's time for right. everybody to move on. And and while it's not 100% that ASU is in the tournament I'd say it's 99.9. And Scott, I know you wanted to talk about seedings a little bit. So why don't we start there and, uh, you know, the likelihood of where you think ASU may end up and and who we could see in the first couple of games. Well, you know, Tom, for for months now, I've been talking about them possibly being an East Coast team only because of the fan base uh, and fan support from the alumni on the East. but the longer it keeps playing out here and every single day when we look at the uh, the brackets, everything seems to be pointing towards Fargo. And, and I guess the reason why is there's beginning to be a lot more teams in the mix that are on the East Coast, which you'd suspect in NCAA hockey, right? Yeah. But with those two losses in Minnesota, while it didn't hurt them as far as getting in the tournament, it may have hurt them from becoming a, uh, a two-seed in one of the regionals to a three seed. Okay. So from what I'm seeing right now, I think there's like an 85% probability that the Fargo region will include the number one overall seed, which would be St. Cloud state, the number 16 seed, which would be the Atlantic hockey winner. And then uh, potentially a number 10 seed in Arizona state facing off against the number seven seed in Denver. So when I looked at that right away, I said, Oh, I don't know if I want to play Denver. Then I said, oh, maybe I do. I mean, Denver's been up and down. They're not the typical Denver team um, that that historically has made great runs in the NCAA tournament. So I'm not too worried about that. I think the downfall is, and, and Tom, you and I talked about that today uh, off the off the record, but we said that it's kind of unfortunate that they would have to run into or defeat the number one overall seed to get to the Frozen Four. But is that a bad or a good thing? Well, and we're going to take a quick break right now, and we will get into that question on the other side of the break. This is the College Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast, brought to you by College Bar and Grill, also brought to you by OxyPow, M-Drive, and Behind the Mask. We'll be right back. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. One of my favorite memories is mountain biking with my dad. Barreling through the woods at full speed, bike tires bouncing off rocks. That was 25 years ago. What's crazy is today, at 60, Dad still does that. You know, he really made M-Drive for himself. He wanted an everyday supplement that would fuel his drive. 
Yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. He built M-Drive to support the body, building strength and energy from the inside out. We take M-Drive every day to fuel our drive with more energy and more strength. I think it's amazing what Dad built and amazing what he can still do today. In a lot of ways, he's still the guy from 25 years ago, and he's not slowing down. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. It's available at Walgreens, Walmart, GNC, Vitamin Shop, or visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just use the code DRIVE at checkout. Don't let your age beat you. You find your prime with M-Drive. OxyPow specializes in the use and applications of dry and wet-based ozone treatments and services for odor removal and chemical-free sanitizing applications. Not only can they make your sports gear smell better, but they also offer products and service applications for residential, commercial, automotive, and anywhere else there's an organic-based odor, bacteria, virus, mold, or fungus you need to eliminate safely, naturally, and with no harmful toxins or residues left behind. Visit them online at oxypow.com. That's O-X-Y-P-O-W dot com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. Featuring daily specials and all-you-can-eat wings on Mondays, College Bar and Grill is located at 502 South College Avenue in Tempe, or find them online at ilovecollege.co. All right, welcome back here on College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by College Bar and Grill, and also presented by OxyPow, M-Drive, and Behind the Mask. We appreciate our sponsors. Thank you very much for being a part of College Hockey Southwest Weekly as we get ready to tackle uh, a difficult but important question. Scott Strandy brought it up before the break. Um, If you have to go through the toughest teams around, uh, specifically perhaps even a number one overall seed. Um, Paul Hornstein, my opinion on this is I think it's if if you're going to be a national champion, you got to beat everybody. I don't care how good they are. You've got to beat everybody. Now, would it be nice to have a slightly easier road to a championship? Sure, they're not going to take it away. But, you know, what better way to really include a statement on your season than if you go through, say, a, a Denver uh, beat them in the first round, and then you come up against uh, a St. Cloud State or, or you know, any other national powerhouse along the way. Well, the way you have to look at it is you have to beat everybody anyway. You're 100% correct, Tom. But you have to set your goals one game at a time. And ASU, for the most part, if those brackets that are projected hold up, uh, ASU is going to have one big major advantage over any of those three teams that they might come up against in a, in that regional. And that's the, the goaltender. And, you know, you've followed hockey for a long time. You've played it. You were a goalie. I've been watching hockey for 45 years. Scott grew up playing and watch. That's the most important position. 
So if that bracket that is projected holds out, the the best goalie in that four-team bracket is going to be Joey Decord. And that puts you in every game. Well, yeah, definitely having a, a Joey Decord in that can be a huge difference maker. And the other thing, I'm kind of looking at Denver just as a potential first-round matchup here. They lost twice to Colorado College uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the year. They kind of struggled down the stretch. Uh, did Denver? I they had, look. They lost their head coach. They lost a bunch of players. So it's not going to be the easiest year. But as they tried to come back and put it together, um, you know, I kind of wonder. Even though Denver would be a seven, we're projecting ASU as a ten here. Uh, and Scott, maybe right. you know your opinion on this. What, what do you think as far as when you hear, hey? Coming into the tournament, you might match up against Denver. This actually might be a good matchup, I think, for for the Sun Devils. Couldn't agree with you more, Tom. I think it is a good matchup, strictly because they play the same style of game. They're both speed and skill teams. And like you said, uh, Denver has struggled. I've watched them um, a couple different times during the year, and I I keep wondering how they end up as a number five or six overall team and now now projected as a seven overall team in the country but a lot of that i think has got to do with the prestige of nchc hockey and and where they have been um and the competition that they obviously play in that conference but yeah i I don't mind that i mean i would much rather face them than quite honestly uh, clarkson or cornell in a regional if we're going to face them let's get in the uh, national semifinals or in the title game but um yeah i don't i don't think it's a bad thing for, for ASU. And one thing, you know, Tom, you and I talked about this last week on the show. We said, you know, maybe maybe this was a good thing to lose at Minnesota and have these guys have to stew about it for a little while, if you will, and and figure out what they're going to have to do and, and redeem themselves a little bit. Scott, what do you think? I mean, you've talked to Coach. You've talked to a couple of the players. I mean, what's, what's the general attitude coming off of that weekend in Minnesota? Uh, frustrated, uh, I guess is the word of the day. Um, coach, like I said a couple of weeks ago when I talked to him after the uh, or Saturday night game, I asked him about Friday night and he said it was undisciplined. And I, he used that word several times in two and a half minutes. I quoted that maybe it was the most I'd ever heard him say that in the four years that I've known him. Um, but yeah, I think I think frustration. I think a bit embarrassed as a team. I think they, they didn't play their best. They knew they didn't play their best. But more importantly, I think this this whole talk about being a dirty hockey team is has upset them. They don't want to be known as that. They aren't that. They're a skilled team, and you know, I mean, I think that needs to be laid to rest, and they need to just move on. And what a better way to do it than to come out, play good Sun Devil hockey, and and move your way through the tournament. And it's, four games and you're a national championship right now or national champion, I should say. And Paul, when you look at it, what do you, what do you project here as far as, you know, the Sun Devils coming into the tournament, having a couple of weeks off, are they going to be rested, fresh, rare and to go, or is there going to be rust to shake off or a little bit of both? Well, I think it'll be a little bit of both. Um, one thing we didn't know going into the Minnesota series was uh, a bunch of the players were fighting the flu bug. And, that's something that we were not aware of going into the to the weekend. So they've obviously are going to have plenty of time to recover from that. Um, the aches and pains, not including Johnny Walker's injury, uh, will have a chance to heal. Um, and just knowing uh, the way he is, I'm just about sure that 
that that Walker will play uh, in that in in that regional. Um, I would imagine you would probably have to tie him down and uh, and lock him up in order for him to not put the skates on and play. And I don't think they just missed his on ice presence as an offensive threat. I also think they missed his offense, his presence as a leader on that team. And it's totally different dynamic uh, when he's not there and you can't deny that. So I think the time to heal will be a big factor. There'll be rust. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, You can't go three weeks without playing uh, a game of that or of any intensity really and, and, and not have it affect you at least a little bit at the start of the game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that combination of rust and, uh, and, and excitement of playing in the national tournament. Uh, the, the coach uh, has said he's done it before and granted it was at the ACHA level, but the, the theories are still the same, whether or not the level is the same is not, it doesn't make a difference. The points are still the same. So um, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you'll see a combination of a lot of things. Uh, and right now, uh, like I said, I think they're going to heal. And the fact is that um, they'll get a chance to work on some things. Hopefully uh, they'll be ready to go. Well, and, you know, you look at getting a guy like Johnny Walker back I mean, just the boost alone. I mean, he's going to rip right out of his jersey, I think, when he jumps on the ice. And, I mean, Scott, you can't, just like Paul said, you can't really, you know, underestimate, I think, the value of having a guy like that out of the lineup and then what he'll bring once he is back. Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the big thing with Johnny Walker is not only can he score the puck and not, is he, not only is he not afraid to shoot the puck, but where where we missed him in Minnesota was – just his presence on the ice. Okay. I mentioned a couple of different times that Joey Decord looked lost on his breakout passes. He didn't have Johnny on that board where he expected him about midway up the ice. And, and that was clear that Joey was playing a different style game for himself. But I think more importantly, like on the power play, especially people, opponents, especially have to know where Johnny is, right? If you're, uh, if you overload on Johnny, that's going to leave Demetrius open or it's going to leave Brinson open. Somebody's going to get open and, and have a better opportunity to score because Johnny Walker's on the ice. So as we get set to wrap things up here on this uh, special edition, this is a very special edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Um, Paul, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, just what are you looking for out of this uh, Arizona State uh, Sun Devil team heading in towards the regional we think Fargo. I mean, that's not set in stone yet. We won't know till Selection Sunday on the twenty fourth. But uh, I mean, if if it is Denver in the first round, and and a possible you know draw going from there, what what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think the one thing that we have to do is as we look at all these potential brackets, um, it, it's fun fodder, but these brackets are done with no upsets taking place in terms of conference tournaments. And it's a rarity these days where the favorites win every conference tournament. So if you have just two teams win conference tournaments that were not the favorites, it throws everything into a flux. 
uh, if Minnesota State doesn't win the WCHA tournament, that means a team from that conference that probably would not have gotten into the tournament is now in the tournament and throws everything into a, a blender. Um, say uh, Notre Dame uh, goes ahead and wins the Big Ten tournament. Right now, Notre Dame is on the outside looking in. They obviously, if they win the conference tournament, they get in and giving that league a second team in addition to Ohio State. And all of these things will get thrown in. So we have to kind of remember those things as we look at these brackets, which are fun, because especially since we have another two weeks before we have to wait for it. Um, so we have to kind of keep those things in mind. Uh, all we can do is watch the pairwise numbers go up and down as these games end. Um, and um, it's, it's more frustrating to watch the scoreboard than it is to actually watch the game and the scoreboard. Yeah, I can I can understand because you're waiting at this point. And and Scott, I mean, that's all we can really do is wait, wait for these conference tournaments to play out, see where the chips fall. If there are any upsets, uh, as Paul mentioned, I mean, you never know what team could be in, what team could be out because of it and, and how the seeds may slide around a little bit. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen is, uh, I mean, for Arizona State's uh, position, I don't think they're going to ever slip out completely, but could they slip possibly to a four seed? That's a possibility. Uh, don't think it's likely though. I think they're stuck in that, uh, in the three seed range. And, you know, you can talk about the possibility for upsets and yeah, they're, they're always out there, but I just don't think the way things play out right now that, uh, that, that that's going to change much. I think what we're seeing right now is kind of where it's going to be. I mean, the pairwise has been put together for the whole season long, right? So they've, uh, they've had an opportunity to to see teams up and down, in and out. And one thing that's been consistent is once ASU got in there, they've been as low as, uh, what, 14, 15, but they've been as high as number eight. So they kind of go back and forth and stay in that projected area. So I think they're in. I think they're going to probably be in Fargo um, more so because of the, uh, the teams that they have to move. I mean, look at this real quickly. You got St. Cloud state number one right now, right? They're going to go to, to the closest spot, which is Fargo. Number two is UMass, right? They're going to go to Manchester because of Providence's presence in their tournament. Providence is going to go, even though they're not going to be a, a, a number one regional seed, they're going to still mm -hmm. go to Providence. Right? So now you've got Minnesota state and UMD. If they finish that way right now, those two teams are going to have to go East because they can't, they can't unseed the number one overall seed. So it's going to be an interesting um, pairing, I think, more for that than ASU. But I think ASU will end up being in the West because there'll be no room for them in the East. Well, and I, I mean, it, it, unfortunately for Paul, now Paul's going to have to make travel plans <laughs> and figure out how to get out to North Dakota. Paul, are, are you ready for this? Do you have a booking I, I, agent? Are you ready I have to go? somebody. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll. I just. I don't even know how many flights go to Fargo from. JFK or Guardia. Uh, so I couldn't even tell you. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple every day, but uh, how many stops am I going to have to make along the way? Uh, I don't know if I'll get there faster driving, but um, I, I haven't, I'm, I'm, I can't even fathom the, 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 the twists and turns that I'm, would have to figure out to get to Fargo. Can't they just go to Manchester or Providence and I can just make the straight drive? It'll be much easier for me. Come on, NCAA, get with the program. 
You know, I was kind of rooting for Providence. I think Scott was rooting for Providence, too. Kind of halfway between New York and Boston and a, a good accessible area for everybody in the Northeast. But eh, you know what? You got to play Just wherever they, they end up putting them. So we'll, we'll look forward to it. Yeah, we'll look we'll that's look it. forward to it. If you get in, you got a chance. That's that's the that's the absolute bottom line. So, uh, Scott, do you want to give us the um, info? Uh, look ahead a little bit to Selection Sunday and talk about what we've got in store here. Absolutely. Well, let's start off by what we're doing this uh, this Saturday. We're going to be out at uh, Behind the Mask at Scottsdale for their 25th anniversary sidewalk sale and smash fest. So if you uh, you you live in the Arizona area and you want to come out and and smash some windows, some doors, some TVs, shooting hockey pucks and trying out some new sticks, we highly recommend it. Uh, you get your first three shots for free, and then I think it's five more shots for a five dollar donation to the uh, Arizona Humane Society, which of course I know is near and dear to all of our hearts, uh, the, the Humane Society. So good cause for that, good for them doing that, and uh, there'll be reps there. Everything will be going on, so. We'll be out there broadcasting live on our podcast from 11 to noon. And then next Wednesday, we'll be set up uh, at the scrimmage to take care of that. That'll be our weekly podcast next Wednesday, March 20th. And then the the big selection show. We're going to be set up from 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time at uh, College Bar and Grill. One of our great sponsors will be set up there. And Tom, I think we're sending you a few. I don't know if you're drawing the short straw or the long straw, but I think you may be going over to to the uh, site where the uh, the players and coaches and administrators will be set up and uh, giving us some live look-ins over there. So it's going to be an exciting next couple of weeks for sure. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And then uh, wherever the, the chips may fall, no matter what happens, whether Arizona State uh, gets through the regional or not, uh, we're also planning on being at the Frozen Four in Buffalo. So looking forward to all that. So guys, thank you so much. Always a lot of fun Excellent. having we'll you on. You and uh, we'll do this again. Appreciate it, John. Thanks for helping out and doing the uh, the whole thing for me today while I sit in the uh, beautiful QT parking lot off of uh, Southern and the 101 in Tempe. I hope, Scott, that the traffic is cleared up <laughs> enough for you to make it home now. So good luck. Uh, I'm headed that way. And just a little secret, I had a little uh, oral surgery yesterday. So yesterday would have been a horrible day to talk, but I- I'm much better now. And I think uh, all this, this uh, dirty hockey talk has really fired me up and, and actually healed me. Got the healing juices flowing. I like it. All right. I hope that I hope that makes its way to the ASU locker room. So, all right. All right. Thank you very much for listening. And you've been listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast presented by College Bar and Grill. Also brought to you by OxyPow, M Drive, and Behind the Mask. We'll see you out at Smash Fest on the weekend. Thanks for listening, everybody.